0: In the heart of the Weald of Kent, an area in the southwest English country known as the Garden of England, is the picturesque village of Pluckley. Being mentioned in the Doomsday Book means that the village has its roots way back in the 11th century. By the 14th, it was a thriving community, but then the Black Death came along and decimated its numbers. The Daring family have had a long connection with the area. In 1430, the Derings acquired a manor house in Pluckley, which they renamed Surrendon Dering. The first baronet is thought to have escaped from the Roundheads during the English Civil War by jumping out of a narrow, curved-topped window at the manor house. During the Romantic Victorian era, this led to the Dering windows being added to almost all of the houses owned by the family. The local squire, Sir Edward Dering, believed that it would bring the family luck. Plugley is surrounded by beautiful countryside, orchids, and grazing sheep. No one would believe that the village has a much darker side, but with reports of terrifying shadow figures, sorrowful apparitions, and strange sightings, is it any wonder that Pluckley was once named in the Guinness Book of Records as the most haunted village in Britain. Decades ago, the resident parish priest held a number of exorcisms around the village in the hope of ridding the place of its many paranormal incidents. It would appear that these attempts to cast out any of the manifestations didn't work. Some of the tales told here are hundreds of years old, others much more recent, with local landmarks known as Fright Corner and Screaming Woods. Here are just a few of the many spooky tales of the undead that have been recorded in the seemingly peaceful and picture-perfect village of Pluckley. The Spectral Coach This particular ghost has been seen in different forms and at different locations throughout the village. One lady was driving home with her husband from babysitting her grandchildren in the nearby village of Bethesden. It was a little foggy and well past midnight when the couple reached the outskirts of the village, a journey that the couple had taken dozens of times before. As they reached the crossroads known as Pluckley Pinnock, they were dazzled by a bright light, Slowing down, they could see a large, well-lit coach was approaching them. They were shocked to realize that the riderless coach was being pulled along by two horses and there were no passengers on board. It just passed by the car before it disappeared into the darkness of the night. In November of 1997, another witness claimed that she could hear the distinctive noise of horse hooves on a cobbled street on her car journey home. Sometimes the coach is pulled by one horse other times two or more, and they are often heard racing down the road in the early hours of the morning. Pluckley, it turns out, was on a main coaching route, making it a perfect target for 18th century highwaymen, which leads us into our next supernatural tale from haunted Pluckley. The highwayman, According to local legend, a mob killing is often reenacted at Frith Corner, a crossroads in Pluckley, where a hollow oak tree once stood. The unknown highwayman would hide in the woodlands there and jump out at unsuspecting victims as they passed through the area. One night, the highwayman was seen causing trouble out on nearby Hothfield Common and was chased by soldiers on horseback. He rode through Pluckley to escape, and on seeing the tree, he hid himself inside. He hoped that his horse would gallop away, but instead it stayed near the oak tree and gave away his hiding spot. On seeing the horse, the soldiers found the criminal and a violent and bloody fight ensued, resulting in the highwayman being run through by a sword and pinned to the oak tree. In another telling, he was pinned to the tree and had his head cut off. Either way, he died at that very spot, which is now known as Fright Corner, because of how often the spectral scene is replayed. Perhaps the highwayman is a candidate for the stone tape theory an idea that a traumatic event can be flung out into the atmosphere as a form of energy, absorbed like a sort of recording into rocks and other items in the surroundings, and then replayed when certain conditions are just right. A fascinating sighting of the highwayman happened to villager Bob Godden. He had spent a pleasant evening out and then began the short walk home. After turning a corner, he came across the tall figure of a man wearing black riding boots and a dark cloak, Bob watched as the figure walked slowly across the road in front of him before disappearing into the hedge on the opposite side. Alarmed by his experience, Bob ran the rest of the way home to his wife. Once there, a terrified Bob told her the story, claiming that he was certain that he'd just seen the ghost of the highwayman. Alvy Farm Numerous spirits are said to reside here, one being the ghost of a Victorian tenant who shot himself in the 1850s after his wife left him. In the 1970s, the owners saw the phantom of a young man in their bedroom many times. The 15th century farmhouse has three daring windows and is now run as a boutique bed and breakfast. Apparently the barn is said to be a very scary place to visit. If we were to visit Pluckley, this is the place we'd stay. The Monk and the Lady. Greystones is a large house built by the Derings in 1863. Before 1924, it was called Rectory Cottage a reclusive cleric is said to haunt the grounds of the house where he once lived. Known locally as the Monk, he was seen in 1989 by an American journalist who glimpsed a brown robed figure at the back of the house. Rose Court is supposed to have been built by a member of the Daring family to house his mistress. It is thought to date back to Tudor times, although it's not known if there was a building on the site at that time. Like many houses in the area, Rose Court has three Daring windows. There is a connection between the female spirit that haunts this house and the Monk of Greystones. The two fell in love and would snatch brief moments together along the little village lanes. Unfortunately, their romance was not to be, and for whatever reason, they were unable to be together. The lady was so distressed that she made a potion from ivy and poisonous berries, which she drank with the intention of suicide. The monk is said to have died from a broken heart after her passing, and the lady died whilst looking out across the fields towards greystones to her beloved monk. She has been seen walking in the gardens of Rosecourt, and there have been reports of poltergeist activity and the sounds of strange sighs coming from a disembodied voice in the early hours of the morning. The Screaming Ghosts Daring Woods has been given the nickname Screaming Woods because the cries of the people who have been lost and died there echo around the copse at night. Meanwhile, at the brickworks, the ghostly screams of a man who died after he fell to his untimely death into a pit of clay can still be heard. The Red Lady Pluckley's parish church is dedicated to St. Nicholas, and this too dates back as far as the 13th century. Here, the Dering Chapel was built in 1475 and is separated from the rest of the church by two screens. Thought to be the wife of Lord Dering, when she died, quite young, Her husband was distraught. In order to preserve her beauty from the devastation of death, her body was clothed in an exquisite white gown and she held a rose in her hands. Then she was placed inside seven lead-lined coffins, specially made to fit one inside the other like Russian dolls. Each coffin was sealed and then they were placed into an oak sarcophagus. Finally, the lady was laid to rest in the Daring vault, situated in the south chapel of St. Nicholas Church with other family members. A strange light has been seen dancing around the window near to the vault, and there have been knocking sounds heard coming up from underground. The figure of the red lady herself has been seen floating around the churchyard in her beautiful gown in the late evenings, where it's said that she is searching for the body of her stillborn child. The ghost of a lady in a white gown has also been seen inside the church, kneeling down as though praying. During the 1970s, there was another paranormal incident involving the Church of St. Nicholas. With the permission of the then-reverend John Pittock, a group of psychic researchers were allowed to stay inside the church overnight. They had spent the day setting up cameras, thermometers, tape recorders, and other paranormal sensory equipment. They settled down for the night and were locked in. Their hope was to catch a glimpse of the Red Lady. As the night wore on, the group watched and listened intently, but were disappointed when nothing out of the ordinary occurred. Just after sunrise, they heard the turn of the key in a lock, and the footsteps of Reverend Pittock as he came up the aisle to greet them. He was struck by how tired and disappointed the investigators looked. When he asked how the vigil had gone, he was surprised to learn that the group hadn't seen a single thing and had no photographs to show for their efforts and had not recorded any sounds either. They said the fact that the Reverend's little white dog had stayed with them had at least helped to alleviate the boredom. Really, said the Reverend, I don't have a dog. The Bakery The renovation of an old fireplace set off a spat of unexplained phenomena at the bakery. Once the original hearth was exposed to the building, disembodied footsteps were heard stomping around in the upstairs rooms, and there are said to be cold spots there, even on the warmest of summer days. The Watercress Lady Pinnock Bridge passes over a tiny little brook. Just at the turn of the 20th century, an old gypsy lady made her living by gathering watercress down by the banks of the stream. She would sell bunches of it to Pluckley's villagers, who considered her a bit of an eccentric character, but harmless. Every evening at twilight, she would sit on the walls of the bridge and drink gin from her battered old hip flask, while smoking her clay pipe. One night she fell asleep. The pipe dropped down onto the ragged clothing that she wore, and within moments the burning tobacco had set the rags on fire, engulfing her in a flaming fireball. No one was there to hear her tormented screams or help her, she was found the next day a pile of burned ashes. Her buckled old flask and charred pipe were all that was left to identify her. Her ghost has been seen several times over the years, shrieking and screaming in an agony of flames. Lately, though, she appears as a faint pink light that hovers above the bridge where the watercress lady died. The Schoolmaster Just past Cliff Cottage, with its two daring windows and along Buses Lane, which was named after a Victorian miller whose property was nearby, is where a group of children got the fright of their lives. It was during the 1920s when they came up the lane on their way to school. They were horrified to see the body of a schoolmaster from the nearby village of Smarden, hanging from a tree branch. He didn't leave a note, and no one was ever able to find out the reason for his suicide. Now, when the moon is full and in the dead of night, the sound of creaking can be heard as a body swings back and forth. Schoolmaster's body is seen swinging from the branch in the place where he took his last anguished breath. The Black Horse Inn This pub has a long history of haunting. It dates back to the 14th century and was originally a farmhouse with its own moat. It was managed by the bailiff, who was in charge of the entire daring estate. The timber-framed building has four of the daring windows. Coincidentally, the teacher from nearby Smarden who hanged himself would often meet up with the headmaster of Pluckley School in the Black Horse Inn for a friendly drink. Most of the landlords and their families who have resided here have had some form of interaction with the spooky inhabitants. When Laura Gambling arrived in 1997, the resident poltergeist introduced itself to her almost immediately. Unbeknownst to Laura, the poltergeist had wreaked havoc for previous landlords by damaging heavy wooden furniture and regularly hiding objects. Laura was enjoying a well-earned break on her first Sunday at the pub. It was just before the busy lunchtime rush, and she was sitting at the bar having a cup of tea when she noticed a glass on the shelf above the bar begin to shake. It then slid all the way along the shelf before stopping just at the edge. The entity would remove cutlery from the dresser and rearrange it on the top. Her dogs would become visibly upset when they reached a certain spot in the kitchen and stop there to bark at some unseen force. The dogs would also completely refuse to enter one of the upstairs rooms. In November of the year 2000, two friends who were interested in the paranormal happenings around Pluckley decided to travel to the area and spend a day there. They walked around the village for most of the day, taking in the sights and enjoying the atmosphere. After deciding that they were done for the day, they returned to their car, ready to make the journey home. The car was facing the Black Horse Inn, and as they were about to drive away, they looked up to see the curtain in the top window of the pub begin to move. Curious, they waited to see what might be causing the movement. After a while, they were shocked to see the distinct figure of a young man holding onto the now open window. The boy looked extremely pale, had a dead look in his eyes, and wore an old-fashioned checkered blazer. There were plenty of people milling about the car park, but no one else seemed to be aware of the ghostly figure. The spirit stared directly at the pair in the car, and his gaze never wavered, even as they drove away. The Blacksmith's Arms. This pub was originally a forge dating back to the 16th century. It has had many name changes over the years and was also used as a tea rooms for a time. A maid has been seen several times standing by the fireplace and dressed in Tudor clothing. She seems to be bent over and turning an unseen spit. Customers have often mistaken her for a real member of staff in some sort of costume. A Cavalier soldier has also been seen wandering around in the rooms upstairs. Those family members who have lived in the pub, and have met the ghostly soldier, claim he is very friendly and never causes any distress. When the building was taken over by Gloria Atkins, she decided to turn it into a tea rooms. Gloria was invited to a viewing of the property before she made the final decision to buy. Although the pub had been closed for quite a while, and a lot of work needed doing for the conversion. Gloria decided to take the building despite the unnerving atmosphere. A date was set for the opening, and Gloria moved in with her family and her assistant, Lynn Patterson. No one was aware of any of the paranormal tales that were connected to the former pub. On one occasion, Gloria was sitting at the kitchen table with Lynn. Gloria's daughter, Estella, had taken her baby out for a walk, but she had forgotten to turn off the baby monitor in the nursery. As Gloria and Lynn were chatting, they heard a loud banging noise coming from upstairs through the monitor, followed by the noise of heavy footsteps. Thinking that someone had broken into the property, both of them cautiously made their way upstairs to the baby's room, but there was no one there. On another occasion, Estella was fast asleep in bed one night when she woke up for some unknown reason. Startled, she sat up in bed and was horrified to see the dark shadowy figure of a young boy. He was aged about eight years old And he stood at the bottom of the bed for a short time before his presence faded away into the darkness. Like the dogs at the blacksmith's arms, Gloria's dog reacted badly to the pub ghosts. It refused to go upstairs at all and would stand in the same corner spot of the kitchen, constantly barking at something that was invisible to everyone else. When the dog was carried upstairs by Gloria, would often cower and growl persistently when there was nothing there. Another pub in the village, called the Daring Arms, is said to be haunted. Some say they have seen ghost-like figures in the bar. One witness saw an old lady wearing Victorian clothing. She is thought to be one of the many members of the Daring family that haunts the premises. Of course, ghost stories are often passed verbally from person to person and can become diluted over time. Others have a lot of embellishment added. But with so many tales of the supernatural originating from Pluckley Village... Is it really possible that they are all just works of fiction made up from overactive imaginations? Or is Pluckley Village really the most haunted village in Britain, and one of the most haunted in the world? What do you think?